0: hello and welcome to the long talk hi i'm paul here on new zealand sports radio and we have a different one for you today so far we've dealt with what you might call traditional sports but today we're going to branch ourselves off and go into something brand new we're going to deal with some esports and talk with me about that i have got oscar howell
2: how are you doing sir i'm doing good paul thank you for having me on now oh absolute pleasure and
0: now you are um one of the premier uh, esports journalist in New Zealand. You've been in uh, The Stuff, spin-off Newsroom, News Hub, and you're all over the place. This is uh, You're one of our top writers on, on esports, aren't you?
2: <laughs> well, one of the only ones at the moment. It's still so fresh, I think. Um, it's taking everyone a little while to, to kind of get into it.
0: Well, I, yeah, I did joke with someone I was chatting with before. That was, yeah, he's one of two, therefore he is the best in the country. Um, the...
2: <laughs> I like that. I appreciate that. I'm, I feel flattered. Thank you.
0: Now, we were having a chat yesterday the other day, and you said, look, people don't even know how to spell esports." Now, that's, surely it's easy, it's just E-S-P-O-R-T, right? Or am I missing something?
2: No, I've, like, it's been one, I think it's been the bane of the industry's existence for quite a number of years, is that people tend to try and overcomplicate how it's spelled. Um, It's just sports with an E on the front. There's no, no dash, no capital letters, no this, no that. Um you just spell it sports with an e on the front there's no no uh, no two ways about it
0: that's i'm going to say that was the one thing i was going to ask you do you capitalize the e or the s but uh, apparently okay neither okay unless it's the beginning of a sentence obviously and then
2: obviously, then obviously yep, yeah you, you, you do capitalize that
0: cool so so how did you get into gaming
2: well i mean i'm a i'm a gen z kid so it's always been a pretty big part of my life personally like i i got quite a fair bit of history when it comes to gaming I mean I played it all coming through as my as a younger kid through my teens um you know it's it's a it was a pretty important pastime for me and for a lot of the people around me so it kind of made sense that I could if I could try and um figure out if there was a a way to to make a living and make a career out of a passion of mine then I should probably just send it and go for it and I guess that's probably the where it all started for me.
0: Now I'm going to show my age here I I started off with Donkey Kong what was your first um (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh, sure. um, I I started off with Halo, the, the very first Halo on computer, oh. and that's also oh, my so, age so, so, not Xboxing. No, the, uh, pe- I think a lot of people don't know, but the first Halo actually did come out on PC, and um, I had a, a bit of a pirated version that I used to play uh, with my mates during school time. So, yeah, we won't say anything, but Pir- yeah, no. humble beginnings, <laughs> humble beginnings there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh dear, and then into the journalism so say so you, you didn't make did you mean did you try to be a, a professional gamer or, or or do you never
2: Me, no I've never I've never really given it a chance um, I got pretty good at one of the games I played I played a, a lot of battlefield for um, I reached about the top 20 in New Zealand um, but there uh, even at the time and I mean even looking at it now there's not really a, a competitive scene going for that so um, that was kind of dead in the water but uh, no I, I don't think I'm anywhere near good enough or, or even dedicated enough to try and Turn gaming into a profession itself.
0: Okay, so th- so the, the next best thing is to is to, is to talk or write about it. I should say because you're, because um, yeah, written, written words your favourite uh, your favourite medium, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's um, I've always loved writing. Um, I went through high school doing a lot of the the, the English and classic space studies, and then I picked up media studies. And from there, it seemed like the natural progression to go and study at a tertiary. So that was um that was my course. And I guess yeah, if, if it's kind of one of those situations where you know, if you're a rugby fan, you might run a rugby blog and a rugby website, and then for me, it was about being an esports fan and being a gaming fan. So it all just kind of fell into place for me.
0: Yep, and uh, yeah, you, you've done the right thing. You've gone off and got a qualification, learned how to do it properly. Me, I'm just floundering around <laughs> trying to pretend uh, with a with with a, with a camera in my bedroom. But um, the uh, and I guess this is how a lot of games are: a lot with cameras in the bedrooms. I know there's a setup at the university here in in, Wy- uh, in Hamilton, but. Do you actually need the setups, or can it all just be done from home uh, for for gaming, or, do you, or professionally? Do you have to actually be in a in a state in a kind of well, I would say stadium, but or, or room setup?
2: Mm. Well, that, I think that's a good question, um, and that's one of the challenges that we're facing in the industry at the moment. Is that with COVID and with the lack of gatherings, um, people ha- are having to return back to to online playing online. Um, obviously, that is one of the massive benefits of esports being such a digital. I guess, a digital stadium, right? Is, that, is there anybody with a good internet connection and a decent computer at home can play their favourite game competitively? Um, there are a few challenges and a few um, roadblocks you have to overcome there, like, um, you know... Uh, ensuring that you can get a league going, and then also there's always speculation of, of, of cheating. I know that that's been a bit of a widespread thing, but, I mean, as a general rule, no, it's it's, it's absolutely viable, and it, it is something that people are pursuing more and more now. We did have, like, a great time in the last few years um, holding these kind of in-state, in-stadium uh, leagues, you know. Might be 50,000 people watching at home online, but, you know, another 20,000 people sitting in a stadium, and it was it was really the height of esports. Um, and at the moment, the industry's having to find, I guess having to be pragmatic and find ways that they can um, manoeuvre around that with COVID.
0: Sorry, uh, and that's 20,000 in a stadium, that, surely that, that, that's not in New Zealand
2: though, is it? No, 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 okay. unfortunately I don't think you could get 20,000 people into any of the New Zealand stadiums um, but uh, overseas and the rest of the world, definitely um, okay. I mean, I was over in Australia, over in Sydney last year for um, IM Sydney, which one is one of Australia's biggest esports tournament, I think it might even be one of the biggest in the Southern Hemisphere and, and that was, I think, they clocked around 13,000 people sitting in the stadium which pretty much filled it up which was i mean astounding again another another you know 30 40 50 60 thousand people watching online at any given point so yeah i mean people don't necessarily realize just how massive these viewership numbers and how i guess en- engaged these fans are when you go and until you go and sit in a stadium and experience it for yourself
0: and it's it's that engagement isn't it that's the, that's the big thing so uh, now it's probably going back about five or six years i remember reading an article that there was a, a, a tournament happening in uh, Seattle that had the same prize pot as the U.S. Masters, um, or the yeah the, the um, which what yeah, uh no is it Masters oh what's the what's the one with the green jacket I've gone blank not Masters um, anyway a big one one of the golf majors yeah ha- and the, the the interesting thing was that something like half of, of, of that prize pot was donations from people just wanting to watch the event wanting it to happen. Is that still? Yeah, I mean, just the funding. Oh, ab,
2: ab, well, I think um, there's 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 been a bit of a migration away from that recently. I think I, I probably can guess the esport you're talking about because one of the big aspects of that esport is is the crowdfunding for the for the for the things that you, it sounds like you're talking about Dota. Um, yeah, those those prize pools just grow exponentially every year. I mean, I think the last one for last year's uh, Dota tournament was I think it was twenty seven million US. Which is just uh, an unbelievable. It's just like a, it's a mind-boggling amount of money uh, to win. Again, you've got things like in Fortnite, uh, you've got a 16-year-old kid winning the lion's share of 16 million US dollars. Ridiculous amounts. Um, I think a lot of it does come from sponsorship at this stage. There are some pretty high-name sponsors in in the esports world. You've got the you know the likes of Intel, the computer company, and and Mountain Dew, the the soft drink company. Um, but yeah, I think. People enjoy being able to chip in to see some of their big teams and their favourite teams do quite well. And I think, um, well, it's not probably the biggest funding model. It's definitely one of the big ones.
0: That's, and look, one of the problems that we've had, that we have with traditional sports, um, you know, talking about rugby, for example, at the moment, uh, but even football, most of, most of the teams make a loss because uh, and it is around that sponsorship. One of the good things about esports is the the, basic, the product is what you sell quite a, um, so for example when you were talking about the um, uh, camera strike for example they they basically keep the game going by making it popular for people watching it and playing it kind of so hence, yeah
2: absolutely right. yeah, yeah. Right. and I think that's 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 obviously one of the strengths of it right is that is that these teams also the, the fact that you can run it um, online and 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 in maybe basically team houses because there might only be five or ten people involved in a team um you know, overheads are low, um, sponsorship money is high, um, and a lot of the players um, find their own brand endorsements and sponsorship deals themselves. So um, there's just that added, I guess, extra income when it comes to that. So yeah, definitely, I totally agree with you there.
0: Now you use a term there that I don't think many people are going to uh, people going to go say what, what What are you talking about? Okay, so team houses. How does how does so how, how does that work then? So um,
2: yeah. Uh. Hmm. Good question. Um, from what I've seen and from what I've heard, it's basically like if you moved all of the All Blacks into a gigantic mansion with a massive rugby field at the back, and um, expected them to live together twenty-four-seven. Uh, they had their own in-house chef, they had their own nutritionist, um, fitness coaches. Everybody living in this one big communal house, um, and they play together constantly and practice together. And um, in a term that the esports players use, scrim or pog, which is um, you know to to play and practice and and Build up your skill bank So, yeah, it's it's very much what the term kind of implies, which is just living together and, and spending every waking moment breathing the game.
0: Uh, so yes, that, that's literally what people do. I mean, so uh, other teams that are made up of individuals in mean, things like cycling, for example, don't have a home base. But um, for for yeah, for computer games, most of the teams will have a, a physical house where they where basically they all live. Uh, and you're right, there they they spend pretty much twenty four seven together, which has got to cause some some wonderful stories um, and some rumours going on between between games. Is is there a big sort of rumour mill um, and kind of gossip, sort of um, <laughs> gossiping around all this because because people must fall out quite a lot if they're, st- if they're spending that much time together.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I think that is natural. Um, unfortunately, well, fortunately, fortunately or unfortunately, um, esports is very much kind of held in the public forum of Twitter. I mean, every every esports player and their dog has, has got a Twitter account and can go on a Twitter rant at any given moment. So I think there's a lot of uh, pressure on the organizations to make sure that the relationships are strong between the players. Um, and there's a lot of cohesion and it's kind of in their best interest to minimize any kind of conflict or any clashing of personalities. But I mean, esports is just like a professional, it's just like a professional sport, right? So I mean, you know, you are signed into these multi-million dollar contracts um, and one of those big ones is, is that you, you kind of uphold the reputation that of the organization and of, of the team. So, um, yeah, I mean, while it might be easier for players to kind of, you know, I guess rub shoulders and, and, and maybe have a, a spat every now and again, um, there, is a, there is a contract on the line when it comes to that. So there is kind of the expectation they will be professional.
0: But it's got, I mean, I, I think it's good contact for them to have a certain certain element of friction, a certain element of, uh, of personalities in it. And that's what kind of makes... Um, make makes kind of sports interesting, isn't it? It's personalities that are playing it, so hence, yeah, you're going to have some frictions, which is which is fine. It's about keeping it under control, obviously. But so, but it's interesting. So, Twitter's the the the, 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 the social media platform of choice, because uh, obviously Facebook is the big one in New Zealand um, on the whole. But uh, but it, but for esports, it's uh, it, it's Twitter, and I guess and then Twitch as well.
2: Super- yeah, um in terms in terms of the, the, the forum place it's definitely um it's definitely Twitter. Um Twitch is more just a platform for them to, I guess, grow their own brand and stream some of their content for viewers. More more comparable to a YouTube channel than anything else. But you know, I think there's still a lot of healthy debate and um engagement that goes on in, in, in Twitch, surely, definitely.
0: Um now I've heard that uh, that um you know, because of don't want to down this rabbit hole, but I've heard some some people actually will not bother with third place playoffs because they earn more money doing Twitch than they do, and actually sort of uh, and streaming people watching them practice than actually mm. entering some of the contests. Uh, is, is is that a problem for the sport now? That actually that that uh, some of the people are bigger than the actual tournaments themselves.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I it's an interesting one, right? Because I, I can't really consi- I can't really think of a sport where you've only got five or six players in a team, and, and, and each of them is their own, you know, uh, iconic celebrity mini-celebrity in themselves, right? So um, it is an interesting one. Sure, it's it's definitely happened. I know that um, a lot of emphasis is put on the final, but not a lot of emphasis is ever put on the runner-up. And, yeah, in certain situations, it's definitely worth uh, their time more to to catch the next flight home, so to speak, and and, um, and go home and stream, because while a lot of players do make their income from uh, their organisations and from their their deals, a lot of their money does come from... um, twitch and streaming and their their brand partnerships so yeah i think uh, that's that's hit or miss but there's definitely situations where that's occurred yeah
0: now um now a name i'm just going to throw out there because i'm just going to show my total ignorance here but i mean ninja's a famous uh, a famous streamer for example now is he a is, is he a successful gamer as well or is he just pure or is or are there kind of the competitive e-gamers and then the streaming e-gamers or um are they, are they separate are they mm. um, they do cross over a bit obviously but
2: yeah, um, I mean, that's a that's a household name that many people have heard. I know a lot of kids, particularly in New Zealand, love Ninja because he has such kind of approachable content. Um, Ninja, I believe, started his time playing competitive Halo back when competitive Halo was a big thing. Um, So he was an esports player, and then his transition into Fortnite was very much um, uh, based around him being a, a, a superstar and a celebrity within the game, right? So uh, I guess probably the best way to put it is like if, is like uh, Wayne Rooney when he transferred to the America the, the MLS. You know, he he he, he could just kinda of sit back, he could play in some of these tournaments and he he, he wouldn't have to, to live that competitive lifestyle, but he was still making a healthy buck out of it and he was still entertaining people. But yeah, Ninja was definitely and still is definitely, not to the same degree, but he was definitely um, a streamer through and through. Right.
0: Um yeah. the and I guess the, the other thing then that comes about this is from what I understand, by the age of about twenty twenty one, that's that's your you kind of you're getting old in, in e gaming, aren't you? What's the kind of age, the kind of range age range of uh, of, of competitors, and uh, what what's a what's yeah. a career?
2: Well, it's interesting because I mean that's a that's a thing that's constantly changing, and, and even now we're seeing it shrink. So I mean, you look at you look at some of the players that that are playing in some of these leagues; they're they're literally fourteen fifteen. I mean. Uh, the, Booger, the the latest Fortnite World Cup champion, I believe he was only 15 when he won it, which is an unbelievably young... I mean, you can't even get your licence in New Zealand at 15, let alone you know fly overseas and win an international tournament. So, uh, yeah, I think a lot of it is based around reflex and, and, and reaction. So um, these kids who have grown up their whole life playing computer games on the computer are, are just kind of naturals at it. So anywhere between about 15 and I think 20... Like 20 mid20s kind of 25 26 I think that's kind of your your career for an eSports player and something that we've seen that doesn't that does actually happen in other sports is that after that in the kind of twilight of their career they'll, they'll make that transition over to streaming um, where it's kind of less intense I mean very similar to, to the Wayne Rooney example that I gave earlier
0: yep so that's so that's why you're gonna see people some of the Names that we might recognize um, such as ninja have moved off from being actual competitive because they got too old um, and to think that you're actually too old at 25 is just Mind-blowing um, But but yeah, this is a it is a it's a young person's sport um, I was going to say young man's sport there because it has been a, a very uh, sort of male-dominated um, scene uh, and has been kind of it's had a, a, a Poor reputation hasn't it for, for, for how females have been treated how is he going going
2: about cleaning that up yeah that's a good question um there's definitely no doubt that it has been a male dominated kind of industry um i mean even even now you've just got to look at it and see the amount of of females in in esports it's it's minuscule there might be one or two playing at the at the top leagues and at the top level um i'm not sure what the industry would need to do uh because it is a it is an interesting one right it's because um there're def- it's it's you know there's no doubt that there are females out there that are able to compete at the top level with men i mean certainly a lot of them but um it's just about i guess incorporating them into these teams and into these rosters um in a way that that keeps it professional and keeps keeps people entertained and i i, I it's it's very sad to say that that hasn't really happened yet but i'm i'm hoping that that is something that comes very soon
0: Actually, I think I'm probably being a bit unfair because I guess the reputation comes from the sort of public gaming community, not so much the esports community. I guess once you get to the eSport level and it's mm. professionalism, there isn't the same. Uh, yeah, players have got. Uh, there's, you say, people have treated each other with respect, etc. But yeah, mm. when you've, but it's I guess it's yeah, it's the public gaming area where 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 some um, where the kind of a lot of the abuse has been, and that's where it has it needs cleaning up. To be fair, and uh, yeah. And, that's, and I guess yeah, that's um, one of
2: the hard... Th- Sorry, go on. Oh, I was going to say, well, that that kind of um, harkens back to, to, I guess, the stereotypical video gamer, right? It's, it's when you say, w- what does the, the typical person who plays video games look like? And, and someone will tell you it's a, it's a 20-year-old spotty kid uh, living in his mum's basement and only you know, sleeps all day and plays all night. Um, and that, I guess that's just not the case anymore. I mean, if you look at the numbers, women make up a, 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 almost a, an even split of people who play video games um, in terms of streaming, they make up a very, very competitive number of, of streamers, um, and I, I, yeah, I think the the stereotypes have gone, but unfortunately, the results of the stereo the the fallout still remains, and that's something that the gaming community and then the esports community has to work through.
0: And have we seen a change of style of games over the years to going along with that, one, or, or, or is it still pretty similar to like you basically racing games, first person shooter ups strategy shooter maps? Mm. Um, Or or are we seeing uh, a different style of game come in as well?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely some very distinctive camps as to who plays what. Um, Obviously, your racing games and your virtual motorsport, it's big. It's it's only growing bigger because, um, I guess, of how easy it is to integrate some of the world's favourite racing superstars into it. I mean, the likes of Scott Dixon, uh, Max Verstappen... Landon Norris, that kind of thing, um, they all made a very seamless transition into, into virtual racing, and I mean, we can argue, I, I could argue this point all day long, but I, you sit me down in front of a virtual racing eSport, and I can't tell the difference between that and a real one. Um, and then you've got things like uh, MOBA games, which is kind of like top-down strategy games. Um, that's still really big. You've got card card games like, like Hearthstone and um, the new one Legends of Runeterra. Um, and that still draws in a massive crowd. And then you've obviously got things like shooters and, and, and sports games like your NBAs and your um, Rocket Leagues, which is the kind of car soccer one that, that that's really everyone loves. Um, but I think that while competitive shooters have kind of ruled the roost recently in terms of, I mean, going back to your Halos and your Call of Duties and, and then later your Counter-Strikes and your Rambo Sixes, um, a lot of that kind of uh, has come to, has, has been on the rocks a little bit not in terms of viewership or in terms of prize pools, but I guess in terms of the amount of exposure these games have and these esport codes have in the mainstream media and to the mainstream sports fans, um, particularly following like tragic events like the Christchurch shooting or or some of the shootings over in the United States. I mean, just the mere fact that they are shooting games, I think, turns a lot of people off um, without even looking at it. And so I think that's been one of the big hurdles for shooting games like Counter-Strike and Call of Duty to, to overcome. And I don't think they, unfortunately, will ever be able to overcome that purely around the stigma of, of, of the kind of violence within it.
0: That's interesting. Yeah, because so then, yeah, maybe the, because maybe the sports ones are going to have uh, got the more upside and potential growth because of that. Um, I mean, one of the things we've seen uh, over in this uh, is that the NBA teams are now starting to have a an esports team alongside the actual f- team. Uh, the some of the European soccer teams. Have got an esports yeah. team as well as a as well as a physical playing team, mm. um, as it were. Uh, can we see? Do you, do you see any kind of uh, team teams in New Zealand? Do you think uh, going that way anytime soon?
2: Well, I mean, uh, we already have. Fortunately, um, I believe the New Zealand Phoenix have got a have got a FIFA team, which okay. is amazing. Um, and uh, the New Zealand Breakers have got a their own esports team based out of sky city called the um called black sheep esports formerly breakaway esports um so yeah absolutely uh i'm not sure if it'll ever get down to your regional you know hamilton wanderers esports club um but definitely some of the bigger the bigger household names yep absolutely
0: okay so i didn't realize they already have those teams that so taking part in i guess yeah mm. against the other the other sort of franchises as well okay so that, that does exist already um now the the card games now to to me card games wouldn't be about reflexes they're about uh thinking about um, strategies and things so do this mm-hmm. do, so do they have a, a longer uh, career span for the card games or are the or or, or are they the same as the other the other uh, reaction games
2: mm-hmm. look um i think it might even be too early to tell um and to get to give you a good definitive answer for that um uh, in terms of the competitive esport card games i know that's a kind of a weird thing to say um a lot of them are very new so um it's kind of up in the air at the moment as to how long uh, a competitive player can stay on top of their peak but i mean even if you just you know look over at things like poker which aren't quite esports but certainly online poker leagues are competitive gaming so to speak yeah. um there's there's definitely no age limit so I mean, yeah, that's something that, that's that's worth looking out for in the next five, ten years, seeing how long some of these players at the height of their game now will 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 maintain their dominance.
0: Now, you, you've mentioned that um, Halo used to have a competitive uh, or, or paid competitive thing, and that, that that's um, faded away. Uh, how how long do some of these uh, games last for? I mean, do, is is it something that they? Is, I mean, say say FIFA soccer, for example. I guess that that gets renewed each year, and therefore they just move with each version but other games do they uh the like the 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 mmo over over the top ones you said would they how long would a game survive for before it's sort of superseded by the next game
2: yeah i mean that's a really interesting one and i think it comes down to a few core factors um i guess the first one is 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 the fact that the esports community is so um ingrained within the gaming community i mean if a game realistically if if the sequel of a game sucks um it's going to be very hard for the esports community to move past that um so i mean looking at things like in the call of duties they had very competitive um esports communities and then a few poor titles poorly received titles by the wider gaming community um put it on the rocks um for something like halo you know again very strong competitive scenes back in the day um again very a, a few poor titles and poorly received titles and and um, they were struggling again, and I think it's only recently they've started to really get that back. So yeah, uh, the first one I think is 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 how the game is perceived by the wider community. Um, the second one is the level of input and the level of maintenance that a, a game developer will put into some of these games. So I mean, for things like for things like um, Call of Duty, they're managed by um, a very talented team of worldwide. Developers who also own the rights to games like Overwatch, uh, World of Warcraft—you know—they sink millions and millions of dollars every year into making sure what they've got is the latest and greatest and up-to-date game. So, um, and then moving over onto things like Halo, um, Microsoft obviously. So, if Microsoft, the more money Microsoft sink into it, and the, and the more effort they put into making sure that people can really, I guess, get on board with their game, the the, the longer that's going to last. But then, I guess what I'm saying here is, it's actually almost always—it's almost all. Um, flipped on its head when you look at some of the, the esports titles that aren't owned by these massive organisations. So, I mean, looking at things like uh, Counter Strike, which is owned by Valve, and um, League of Legends, which is owned by Riot. You know, ten years ago, these weren't necessarily these big uh, household name or, uh, developers. So, um, but I think it's 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 a testament to the amount of time and money and um, effort they've put into. Growing the community and nurturing the community, and making sure the game is still fresh and interesting for people, that these esports scenes have survived.
0: Yeah, and I guess as, also as it matures, it's harder to break into, right? Um, when it's when it's an immature market, uh, you can it's easier to displace somebody once someone's once uh, you've got to a certain level. I, I had a friend who used to uh, actually be a, a game programmer, and he found that he could stand on his own until about the what, well, late 90s, I think it was, um, when he suddenly he found that he just couldn't keep up with the graphics of team development, team groups. So hence, the the entry level now to be a competitive game is much harder to break into, I would guess, um, as, as well. So as, as it matures, you're going to find titles stick around for longer.
2: So, I, sorry, just, just, just to clarify, you mean, you know, if you've got a really good game, it's harder to turn it into an eSport than it might have been 10 years ago?
0: Yeah, because the the just mm. try, trying to trying to displace the 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 the, the, the current eSport people because they've got the funds mm. to throw at marketing um, to throw at each renovation each level they can they can spend uh, a lot more money on the graphics than you can, for example. Mm.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely, and it. I think it is a sign that. It is a bit like that when you look at some of the esports that have um, been integrated into the whole, I guess, esports community in the last few years. Like you're looking at things like Rocket League, which is the the wildly popular car soccer. I mean, um, Sionics, the developer, I, I nothing springs to mind when I think of their brand, although I haven't done too much research on that. But um, it took a very polished and a very well placed game for them to break into the esports community. And I mean, you look at them now; they're they're away laughing. Fifty fifty thousand dollars put on them on the table for the Oceanic league um a a much greater price pool overseas you know up into hundreds of thousands um and you look at things like rainbow six siege which was kind of going to be one of those big competitors to counter strike it definitely took a few years to kick off in the esports community um and it took a lot of refinement and a lot of tinkering to kind of make it more accessible for esports fans and players for it to really kick off but now that it is here it's it does seem like it's here to stay and it's big and it's about to game's about to reach its fifth anniversary I believe it's already reached its fifth anniversary. It's about to. It's coming up on its sixth. So, um, yeah, it, it takes a, a lot of effort, but it, it, they do eventually get there.
0: So, how many different games are there in esports now?
2: Uh, in- oh man, I can't even count from from all of the racing titles to all of your shooting titles to your sports. To uh, you know, I found this out the other day. Did you know there's like virtual cycling? Yes. Like, you get on. Yeah, you get on a bike and you cycle and you get yourself into a little peloton and then eventually you might upgrade your bike and oh, it's, then it's, it's, it's the end Zwift,
0: is, Zwift is massive um Zwift
2: yeah thank you that's the name
0: yeah and so I mean I, 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 I follow cycling so um,
2: <laughs> they're all just springing up and it's 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 very hard to keep track of it and especially also might I mention with the move to mobile and you know we've we've now got this little supercomputer and a screen fitting inside the size of a you know a couple of business cards sitting in your pocket that's led to a big growth as well so um, led to the growth of things like Call of Duty Mobile, uh, Fortnite Mobile, I believe Legends of Runeterra is also going to be available on the phone. So, yeah, I mean, it's it, it seems like there's a new one springing up every few months, and um, no, I it's, think it's great because it, there's just an opportunity for everybody who's, you know, for people who've got different interests to get involved somewhere along the way. So I think, it's yeah, it's definitely a positive thing.
0: But, I mean, switching from, or, or, or I guess, the difference between gaming and esports, I, are, are there actual professional people who play on phones? Can you, can you play fresh on
2: the phone? Um, I think that remains to be seen. Um, it's only been in the last few years that um, that gaming on phones has kind of become um, tournament-based and become competitive, and there's been money on the line, um, and that has had, had a lot to do with the, the growth of, of technology and phones and the development of that. Um, so, yeah, I think that remains to be seen, but um, there's no reason why it, why it couldn't be, um, and I think that's something we'll see more and more um, because esports esports is an odd thing right like for a game to get good um it has to mature like a fine wine um it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort from a lot of people to um get it into the position where it's um, accessible for your average joe just tuning in on on uh, on on youtube to, to get into it so give it a few years we, we definitely might see see some uh some money on the line in mobile gaming the and it's it's
0: Esports is a funny thing. So, I mean, one of the, uh, there's a, um, the Madrid, uh, not the Madrid, um, uh, Ronan Garris, the, 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 the French Open, the, the Clay uh, tennis tournament's about to happen. Um, right. And they've got the 16 top men and 16 top ladies, actual, proper, um, actual tennis players, are going to be in it. Now, um, because Andy Murray didn't sell his image rights, he doesn't actually exist in the game. Um and so they've had yeah. to they so they've had to mm-hmm. create him specifically for this tournament so he can take part. Um yeah. and that's what I guess that, that that's a big problem, isn't it, for the um uh, mimicking reality uh game or the sports games where they is is yeah, is this image rights and getting all the Because you 'cause you don't want to play as I don't know, Alexandra McMurray. You want to actually play as yeah. Andy <laughs>
2: Murray. Yeah. Um I think what you're talking about has the potential to be a problem, but thankfully things like that are very much an isolated case. And this is something really interesting, right? And I mean, I'll I'll address FIFA because FIFA is a perfect example. Um, From what I understand, if you are a big player and signing to, you know, you're a a player signing to Arsenal, when you sign that contract to be in, uh, you know, with FIFA to to play in FIFA's leagues like the UEFA and the and the and the Premier League. Um, you also sign away your broadcasting rights and your rights to be reproduced in these games, which is why, um thankfully situations like what's happened with Andy Murray here are few and far between because, you know, it's now such a big part of their of, of, of these big organizations um annual revenue is being able to sell the likeness of these characters within the game so people really get a, a chance to, to get on board.
0: Well okay, so, I mean so- it's good that FIFA's got it sorted out because I tell you, rugby does not have it sorted out. <laughs> uh,
2: well, I mean, you say that, but John Lumber's Rugby Challenge came out in in uh, two thousand and five, so you know, kind of.
0: <laughs> oh no, yeah, no, but as I was say if you if you go and play John Lombou's, um that one, you only get half the players because half the players yep. didn't sell their name, didn't sell their rights to it. So you have all these funny names that are something like the real player, but not the yeah. actual player's name, um, yeah, and that still definitely. happens now. Even with um, mm. Rugby Twenty, that's 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 um, that's, that's
2: come yeah, out. I, I confess, I don't know too much about rugby. I guess as a video game. So so is is it licensed by the the well, what's it called? Like the the International Rugby,
0: World rugby? Union? Sorry. No, it's not. Yeah, and it's, the, and um, ah. one of the candidates who is who is standing to be the chairman now. Uh, they had the votes. Not for last thing it was. Um, now w- one of his. Um, policies was to have an innovation unit that would actually develop a game um, Mm. for rugby because he said it's that important now for sports to have to to have a a virtual presence counterpart
2: yeah um, and I think I mean without knowing too much about the situation I would kind of prophesize that that um, this kind of next wave of of changes to uh, especially in the post-covid landscape for sports and, and just seeing how volatile and how I guess vulnerable a lot of these sporting codes are across the world i mean you look at just how much the world sport industry is shut down um making sure that they've got a very adequate and very engaging virtual presence is going to become basically non-negotiable so uh, yeah again without knowing too much i think you know you're definitely going to see something like that happening with the world rugby in the future and i mean what might be also quite cool is and um, again i'm unsure if there's a, a rugby game that comes out every year similar to fifa or nba um well, they might just they might just get one of the big developers, um, to get on board with that. So maybe you're looking at your EAs as a big as a big option, um, who make FIFA. Everyone knows FIFA, um, or possibly um, 2K, Take Two Interactive, who make NBA. You know, there are some names here that, that that are very trusted in the gaming community that I think will be be able to get on board with that. Because it will be dip- a multi-million dollar venture.
0: Yeah, I mean, EA has dipped its toes, it dipped its, dipped its toes into rugby, but it didn't produce an annual one it doesn't need to you're right you do need the annual update uh, to keep it relevant and keep it up to date with with all yeah. the other games um, but the problem yeah and the other big thing I think for sports is nowadays is look there's only so much so long so much you can actually train physically uh, and a lot of players doesn't matter what sport you're in a lot of their time is spent recovering um, and, what, and a lot of athletes spend their time playing games whilst recovering so Unlike- oh,
2: I've, I've got have got a great story here um I believe it was the 2000 and, was it two, was it 2010 Football World Cup when Italy was in the final um was it 2000 and 2006 World Cup I'm not too familiar with the FIFA World Cups
0: I'm not a football person either sorry we're, whatever we're, 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 whatever the a, whatever,
2: whatever the one um, oh gosh I hope I get this right and I'm thinking from memory whatever the, the one where Italy was in the final was um, Andrea Perlo decided that he would spend the night before the final playing PlayStation playing FIFA on PS3 and drinking um, and then I believe they went out and won it so I could also be horribly wrong on this but, and I hope I haven't uh, I guess plunged my relationship with football fans into, into the depths but oh
0: allegedly there folks before we get sued um, but the um,
2: <laughs> um, <no>. allegedly <laughs>
0: um the um yeah so i say that they they spend a lot of time recovering and, and they yeah so a lot of them are gamers they enjoy playing um and so hence why not get them involved clearly they're not as good as 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 a lot of the gamers are because they don't spend as much time doing it and we found that when uh was it iRacing i think it was um kicked off about three or four weeks ago they got the yeah. um they raced the e gamers against the actual racing car drivers, and the
2: e gamers were still winning. Yeah, um, but I mean, where I can, I, where I can shed some light on that is that while they might not be as good, um, there is so much weight behind these star, these having these star names on board. Like, I mean, you look at Max Verstappen and Lando Norris's uh, not the Australian GP, which happened in the, I believe the weekend following the cancellation of the Australian GP. Um, you know, just having these kind of household names brings a lot of these traditional sports fans in and it captures their curiosity and, and um, I think honestly if you had to look at the selling point of a lot of these big titles and a lot of these big esports the way they do sell them is they have these big, uh, these big sporting names on board and that's one of the massive values that it brings right? like I mean looking at um, FIFA's response to COVID and the cancellation or postponement of the Premier League and the Champions League and all of this um, their solution to that was to very hastily but also very well done um, put together a number of football of football cups in FIFA that uh, brought a lot of the big household names on board, like you know Gareth Bale, Mesut Özil. Um, I believe Aubameyang was on board as well, and a lot of these big teams. So, yeah, I mean, while they might not be as good, um, it, they certainly make up for it in terms of uh, in terms of bringing the fans on board.
0: No, absolutely, and, and I think racing is perhaps one uh, car racing is perhaps one of the ones where they can compete on a relatively equal footing um, because. Uh, uh, because nowadays especially in Formula 1 where they're restricted to how much testing they can do um, the drivers do spend a lot of time on simulators uh, driving around Mm. tracks so they they, uh, yeah a lot of it transfers over Um, and then if an e-gamer beats say one of these guys who is who is competitive and up there then it also raises the credibility of the e-gamer by the fact that he's beaten the world champion or whatever so yeah it's it's all, all good
2: I'll stop you right there because I don't like the way you use the word e-game. That's uh, <laughs> it's a that's not really a that's that's not a good industry one.
0: Oh, sorry, esports, you know. not e-game.
2: Oh dear. E- yeah, esports player. Oh, honestly, no. Hey, I'm not going to hold it against you. <laughs> it's no, it's it's really interesting. Just to digress from that, just to defer from the original topic. Um, it's one of the big things, right? Is 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 being able to get the terms right because I mean. Um, and I'm certainly not holding it against you, but but you know I go up and I talk to my grandmother and she asks me how the e games are going, and you know it doesn't matter how many times I tell her, um, oh man, it's it's esports. These are uh, competitive esports players. I think is is the the widely accepted term. Um, it's going to take a lot more than just just telling her to get over the line. So um, I thought I just I thought I'd just take a podium right now. Now that I'm on the podcast, to let people know that it's not e gamer. It's it's esports player is the. The, the, the widely accepted one. I think you'd maybe get a pass with esports athlete, um, yep. although maybe not in some in some uh, esports codes. But sorry, carry on. My mistake. No, no, okay,
0: So, so, that so, no, is interesting because you do because it. Well, I, I I thought it was called. It's the, the non-professional side is called gaming, right? Um, and mm-hmm. so, I guess by calling it an e-gamer, you're saying you're a non-professional person, whereas actually, yeah, e-s- sport athlete is a professional person who gets paid. So, I get, I get, I get, I see the dif- the differentiate, uh, differentiation. Um, mm. So. I mean, one of the massive things that's happened in um, eSport in New Zealand recently is it's got recognised as a sport, and now you can gamble on it at the TAB. Um, yeah. how uh, How's that been taken by the, the eSport community?
2: Yeah, um, I think that's a, that's a really... First off, it's a really valid question. Um, I don't... I think... You know, I'm, I'm not really going to be one to speculate on why it was recognised as um, an official sport in New Zealand, but I think the, the the crumbling of a lot of other sporting codes due to COVID probably had quite a fair bit to do with it. Um, so for, from what I understand, um, for a sport to be recognised as an official sporting code in New Zealand and to be formalised, it has to enter into an agreement with Sport New Zealand um, from which betting is, is one of the natural kind of rules. Um, and so... Um, I think, luckily, in New Zealand, we're very lucky to have the existence of the TAB. Um, not because we're lucky to be able to gamble whenever and wherever we want, but purely because of um, it's really good to have one, I guess, gambling organisation or one betting organisation centralised gambling in New Zealand. So, I mean, uh, just to just to reference some of what's going on in the rest of the world, you know, you've got gambling havens like Malta, which is you know you'd have in you know, every every man and his dog can can create a gambling organisation and it's very unregulated. Um, and I believe it leads to a lot of of, of human cost. Put simply, you know the, the the you know it ends people's lives. So we're very lucky in New Zealand that it's so well regulated. In um, saying that, um, I believe the I think the gaming and the wider esports community has um, been pretty apprehensive when it comes to allowing gambling to take place on their favorite esports. Um, we've seen some situations where the, um, a kind of I guess a, a cultural misunderstanding between esports players and and. And gamblers has kind of occurred where esports players have found it in them to throw games um, and to, to throw tournaments, which is you know in the in the rest of the world is, is a, a very serious offence. Like, I mean, some players got some like are literally arrested by the Australian police last year for doing this. Um, and I think that's one of the big problems that esports fans are facing. But also, um, I'm so sure so, so there's a it, lot of is,
0: within esports. Is uh, you say culturally, it's it's okay to throw a game?
2: No, it's it's absolutely not. But okay. I think. Purely just because of, I guess, the the because it's so new, um, and it's so, I guess, not not so well established in, in in a lot of the countries that it takes place in, um, you know, it's it's the lines are it's a bit you know there's a grey area the lines are a bit blurred between, um, you know what you could maybe get away with and what you couldn't, um, and I think a lot of people are very very concerned about that because we've seen it time and time again, and um, I think the only way to 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 really make a showing of this is to and I mean now that we're seeing this in New Zealand is that it's now going to be regulated and it's now going to be dealt with on um, like a, an organisational level and, a reg- and it's going to be regulated which is going to be a very good thing in my opinion
0: Yeah and uh, we, we picked up one of the stories in the morning sports briefing uh, a couple of weeks ago I think now where uh, was, it the, was it the Paladins I think it was um, one of their um, and sorry if I've got the wrong team uh, but uh, yeah one of their Players got uh, accused of of um, of throwing a game where they they didn't take a kick off or something. and
2: They actually just let, didn't even bother defending. Um, oh, yeah, in, in the Rocket League.
0: Was it Rocket League? Yep.
2: Okay. Yeah, there you go. Um, so that was Team Esper. I, I Esper, sorry, yeah, thank I, you for I, correcting me there. I I wrote about that with sport uh, with stuff. Um, yeah, again, that was one of the first. That's I guess the one of the examples of where. Esports regulation, in New Zealand has fallen through. Like they obviously found it in themselves to do that. Um, they thought that it wasn't going to be as big of a deal as it was, and they ended up getting banned from, their ga- from the game for like a year and, sac- and relinquished all their prize money. All this, um, and it was like for, like formally investigated. So, yeah, um, I guess that's that's a perfect example of what I mean by the lines are a bit blurry, right? It's like you get a bunch of young kids. These kids are only like 15, 16, 17 You know, they, they they might lose a few a few matches and then decide to throw a bit of a, a tantrum and just kind of, you know, not play as well. Um, and, you know, it, it, it feels like a game, but in actual fact, they're playing at a very high level and they're playing professionally. And if this happened in any other sport, they'd be, you know, basically slapped in, in bars and thrown in prison.
0: So this is, yeah, I mean, known as rage quitting. It's kind of the, it's kind of the, the term, isn't it? Rage quit? Uh, well, um, it's, uh, well rage, yes. is one, well, one term for, for, for what it's some terrible. of the people have done. Um, but the, yeah, so you say they, they, they got banned. Now, getting banned for a year... When you've got a ten-year career at maximum, that's ten percent of your career gone. That's a big, big um, penalty that, that's, that's been put in there. And as you say, the I think yeah, it was stamped out very quickly, and it's been it's, it, it's something that's going to happen as as the sport matures. Let's be blunt. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, more than it just being ten percent of a player's career. I mean, I will go as far as to say that that is very likely ended their careers. Um, it's, it's, it's an insurmountable thing to, to come back from. Um, not only have you got the actual ban in place um, preventing you from taking part in any of these tournaments and, com- and competing on a professional level, but um, your reputation's shot. And in, in an industry where so many people are trying to prove themselves and trying to, to, to get to that top leagues, um, to have the chance to to make a name for yourself and, and be seen as one of these professional competitive players and to... to I guess throw that away means that a lot of people are going to look at you with, uh, I guess, pretty serious distaste um, and disdain. And it's, it's. I mean, again, I can't comment on this because I don't know too well their situation now. In fact, they, they didn't respond to any of the inquiries by media, including myself. Um, but I would go as far as to say that we probably won't see them on the other side of the year. Because a year is a the, long time. Mm.
0: Uh, yeah, a long time in esports.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's an eternity in esports.
0: Um, so yeah, so it's uh, definitely growing pains uh, in in the sport. Um, I think I've covered most of the things I was going to you know, talk about. Um, I guess where, where do you see the, the the sport going in New Zealand from now on? do You think it's that's uh, obviously it's being recognised. It's there's, there's there's gambling going on. Uh, there's there's cross Tasman competitions. What do you, what, what do you think are the next sort of steps we'll see in in e gaming in New Zealand?
2: Yeah, I mean as you mentioned, there are some pretty serious growing pains happening. Um I would expect nothing less from, from any sporting code. Um and I think they're good. I think it's it's important that we have these because um I mean as an industry you learn from it. Um, and you I guess vow to not make the same mistakes twice. So I mean in, in the situation where those guys threw the match, um I think it's it's a it's a pretty good warning to people that don't try that again because we're what we're watching you. Um I think from here Uh, It's only going to grow. I think eSports has had an absolute renaissance when it comes to viewership and public interest, especially with the COVID happening. I mean, even just looking overseas, Fox's um, iNASCAR has has gone from strength to strength. After the first stream, they achieved 700,000 concurrent viewers, which, to be fair, is a small cry compared to the normal viewership for NASCAR, but it was enough for Fox to sign them for the rest of the season and to keep that going. Um, Here in New Zealand, I'd, I'd say that um, something to look out for is, is that with the kind of pause on traditional sports, something you'll be able to look out for is some of these TV organisations and these media organisations covering it more in depth because, I mean, you're starved for content, right? So, I mean, Sky Sports has got to show something and there's however many six, seven, eight channels and there's nothing to watch. So um, I would not be surprised if someone like Sky Sports started to cover esports in a bit more in depth. Um particularly in, just, I guess, being able to show it. Um, and already, I mean, Channel 7 over in Australia has signed a, an agreement. I'm unsure of what the agreement is, but has signed an agreement um, to sh- start showing more esports. And, um, yeah, I think it's probably just the, the big things to, to kind of focus on for the industry are to, to kind of ensure that when the public are watching, um, it's high-end, it's, high it's well-produced, it's, well um, it's competitive and it's entertaining, and those are the kind of things that would people would bring people back in. Which is a big thing, so um, yeah. From strength to strength, I think is probably the best way to put it.
0: Yeah, I think that, to be honest, I, I think it's probably had a bit of a, um, a bit like something going viral um, with, with with with. That's bad terms, but I'm using social media terms here. Um, that it will get a, a peak. It's, will, will all those people who have shown interest in it over these last four weeks stay there? No, but will it have a bigger audience than it had, had, had at the beginning? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, it's giving it a little boost um, yeah. and it will continue growing, uh,
2: most definitely. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, t- just to just quickly touch on, um, I'm fairly certain there was a, there was a, um, I not for the life of me remember who did it, but one of these big esports kind of watchdog organizations did a study, a survey on esports viewership in New Zealand. And the numbers are way bigger than you think, right? It's something like 50% of people under the age of 25 have engaged in an esports tournament. Watching it at some stage, I mean, you know those under, those numbers they're underground, but they're massive. So, I mean, while people, you know, I mean, no disrespect, but people your age might not click with esports. I can guarantee that that, that the kids will, and yeah. uh, it's just going to go from strength to strength. So, um, give it time. I think is, is, is the is the mm-hmm. the message.
0: I think the message is actually to, to shave off my beard and uh, hide all the ground under my hat. <laughs> but um, the uh, the. <laughs> my, my my isolation bit yes this will be going soon folks don't worry um but um no yeah you're right i mean the the league of legends um uh audiences dwarf the uh the audiences that, that they were getting in the nascar racing um and some of the uh, some of the audience they get in in southeast asia and amongst is uh are are, are massive um
2: and i think- oh, look well i mean just to touch on the league of legends things um China has a bit of a bad reputation when it comes to giving away numbers. Um, that's kind of in general. Uh, um, but um, particularly around some of the League of Legends, um, the bigger tournaments like Worlds, um, their numbers were said to um, re- breach, I think, 300 million so uh, worldwide, which um, eclipses pretty much most other, I guess, minor sports. So I'm, I'm fairly certain it, it was bigger than the Super Bowl. Um, it's obviously bigger than golf NBA you know all this kind of thing so people yeah people don't realize just how many people are watching it and if some of the numbers are to be believed it's 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 bigger than even even I realize I think
0: yeah 300 million there's only five million of us here in New Zealand folks um
2: the uh, yeah <laughs> you'd have to have day. every device in your house tuned in to, to, to kind of <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so if you want to follow um, esports what's where's uh more how can they follow you and how can they follow follow uh, updates on esports
2: yeah, so, I mean, I'm on Twitter. Um, so my handle is at Oscar O S K A R H O W E L L. so O-S-K-A-R-H-O-W-E-L-L. Um, I am pretty much obsessed with this, so, I mean, most of the stuff coming on my feed is, is eSports related. Um, but in terms of being able to, I guess, engage in local eSports, um, ESL-A-N-Z is the ESL Australia New Zealand. They are one of the big eSports organisations. Um, they're doing some amazing work here in New Zealand and over in Australia. Um, Let's Play Live, LPL, uh, again running some amazing tournaments, some good grassroots tournaments to find some really talented New Zealand players and Australian players. Uh, worldwide, we've got um, the ESL Road to Rio, which is a Counter-Strike, um, the, the biggest Counter-Strike tournament of the year. That's just heating up now. Um, time zones are a little bit finicky sometimes, but I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's something you'll just have to deal with. Um, I think the best, place to find it, the best place to find it is on Twitch. Just, you know, go go browsing through some of the big esports titles and uh, see see who's showing what and uh, you might be pleasantly surprised
0: uh do you do any streaming do you are you can people catch you on on twitch gaming
2: no you'll you'll never catch me on twitch gaming um unless I'm, i might be uh, I'm, i might be drunk and, and uh doing some amateur casting which is sorry commentating um for some of my friends and some kind of practice games but no, no 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 i'm i stick to writing i'll stick to what i'm good at
0: Cool. Thank you very much. It has been an absolutely fascinating chat, um, learning about um, esport, even if I am too old to, to get into it. But, so th- thank you for pointing that out. Um, so folks, yeah, do follow um, Oscar uh, on Twitter for all of that. Don't forget to like, um, subscribe or follow, depending whether you're watching this on Facebook, YouTube or Twitter, uh, or even listening to the podcast as well, because um, that's all available here at New Zealand Sports Radio.